Last week on the pod, we highlighted the amazing work of Rutherford County Paws in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And this week, we're continuing our focus on animal welfare by exploring the crucial role of pet rescue groups and their volunteers in saving the lives of pets. From providing temporary shelter to finding forever homes, these organizations work hard to give abandoned or neglected animals a second chance at happiness. So stay tuned to learn more today on the Family Pet Podcast. Welcome into the Family Pet Podcast, the podcast for curious pet parents, where we believe the more you know about pet health care, the better pet parent you can be. I'm your host, Michael Shirley, joined once more by my older... Enweiser. Say it, Enweiser. I just can't do it. I just can't do it. Hey, Stephen, you know, at the end of last week's episode, I made a little PSA about Gracie. And for those that maybe didn't hang in to the very end of the episode... Uh, who would do week. such a thing? Who would, who they, would leave as soon as they heard me say "stay curious," they turned it off. But um, Gracie has crossed the rainbow bridge, as we say in the pet world, and and uh, that was actually been um, it was the end of March. Month. Yeah, it's but been a we, while. We have not actually recorded an episode um, in some time. Yeah. You know, behind we, pink behind the curtain, we we pre-recorded several episodes, and that just happened to coincide with. Uh, uh, Gracie had been sick since January. We were hoping that she was turning the corner, but she just never did. And rather than prolong her suffering, we decided to um, to help her pass. Yeah. yeah, and it wasn't a really long time after that that you all brought home a foster puppy. Not real long, like five days later, <laughs> yeah, the following that? weekend. Yeah, so I've actually got um, Winston as, as our foster puppy. He's actually sitting in my lap right now because he had his uh, he had an exam today at the clinic. He's and sitting in your lap right now because I recorded the intro and he came up and licked me and scared me. <laughs> I was like, whoa, what, something, what was going he's, on? He's being a real sweet, sweet little puppy yeah. right now. So but we, this has been a, um, again, we had pre-recorded a lot because uh, our listeners know we've got a lot going on at Family Pet Health right now. Our team is growing and our, we're in the middle of a building project and building a new hospital. So we were trying to get ahead of, uh, the, of the recording curve because recording does take a lot of time. And we ran out of pre-recorded <laughs> episodes. So we were like, oh man, what are we going to talk about today? And uh, it foster dogs um you know with with winston being here today we thought this was a really cool idea and we brought in a guest to talk about fostering as well we have our licensed veterinary medical technician zoe smith hello hello welcome back to the podcast thank you now we asked you to come in and join us um, because not only are you super smart about a lot of veterinary knowledge as far as the application or or delivery of medicine but you are very involved with rescue and fostering puppies. Yes, yes. We at any given time have a couple of extra dogs. We have four of our own and uh, we do a lot of fostering. Right now I actually have one at home. I had two and someone got adopted. So I'm down to one. But yeah, we do a lot of that. So why, you know, you deal with other people's pets all day and then you go home and have your own pets. Why add more, uh, not just stress to your life with other pets, but puppies? Well, you know, everyone loves a puppy, of course, but we know they come with a lot of work. However, I just feel like it's a really great way to give back a little bit. There are so many pets in need of home, dogs and cats, puppies, grown dogs everywhere. These rescues, especially in the Middle Tennessee area, are just overrun with dogs and cats. 
So anything that I can do in a small way to help. Plus, it's really fun to have them most of the time. (laughs) (laughs) Potty training. Yes. Chewing. What is the process, you know, you're on the list of with your foster group to be a foster parent. What is the process? Do you just get a phone call and say, hey, we, we've got what? The rescues that, uh, most of the rescues in this area use social media. So that's how I got connected with the group I'm with. It is Lifehouse Animal Rescue and Rehabilitation. They are based in Middle Tennessee, um, specifically Mount Juliet, but they go all over the Middle Tennessee area. So they do a lot of their um getting to the public through social media. So I actually followed them and they put out a call for anybody that would be willing to step up and help. And this was about a year ago. So I contacted them. And since then, I've just been, generally they'll put out a call and say, we have a bunch of puppies, please somebody give us a call. So it's completely up to you. You don't have to do anything. There's never any pressure. Um, I'm always the one that makes the call. And then later on, sometimes I'm like, why, what was I doing? (laughs) But, but I'll call them um, and just tell them, Hey, I've got space for two puppies and you know, let me know what you've got. So today's podcast, we're going to be talking about becoming a foster family or, or, and, and about rescue. So today we're going to take the first part of our show and talk a little bit about becoming a foster home. And then towards the end, let's talk a little bit about why or how you might like the benefits of going through a, a, a rescue group to add a, a pet to your family. But if you had to back it up and somebody said to you, you know, I'm thinking about becoming a foster home. What are some concerns or things that um, you want to make sure that they have addressed before committing to that? Right, right. So, of course, you want to take into who is in your family. You know, um, if you have young, really, really small children, you want to definitely take into consideration um, their interactions with the puppies or dogs. Um, You want to consider your other pets in the home. I'm very lucky that all four of my dogs and my two cats, my zoo, really is accepting of other animals. So I never have to really worry too much about inclimating them. Um, I do tend to choose to foster younger dogs just because of that. I don't want to bring in an older dog with my set dogs and have any sort of behavioral issues. So your your current, let's call it a pack at home, is more (laughs) accepting. It's easier to bring in a puppy than it is to bring in an adult dog? Yeah, I think that that's a case a lot of times. You know, um, of course, there are some situations where dogs don't care. But just to me, it's a little bit easier with all of the different personalities that I already have in my home to bring in a dog that's not going to challenge anybody. Mm -hmm. And there there are other families or... uh, individuals in your foster group that foster adult dogs that come Yes. Uh, there are adult dogs. Um, the group that I work with, um, if they don't have enough homes to foster in, they do board them. So there are a lot of dogs in boarding, which is not the ideal. So, you know, if anybody out there ever wants to foster, if you were at the position and the situation to bring an adult dog in, they definitely um, always, always need people that can foster older animals. So one thing we we go back to when we talk about things to consider, how long are you fostering puppies? We've got others who are fostering adults. What is the time commitment as far as length of time for those kind of? It really just depends. Like I said, I've had these two little puppies um, for about five weeks and I only had the sister for two and somebody called and wanted to meet her and they came and took her. So I still have the other one. Um, As far as the nice thing about fostering is while it's a commitment, it's not 
it doesn't have to be a lifetime commitment. Right. So, you know, if you have a vacation coming up or you have something else to do, you know, I always just try to communicate that with my foster group. Thus far, I've not had a situation where I've had to give a puppy back, but they are there to take those dogs back. Mm-hmm. If you run out, if you find out that your family's not the right family, it's not fitting well, or you just are time-wise can't commit any longer, the really great thing about working with foster groups is that they will take the dogs and find other other situations for them. We need to analyze our current situation. If, if we're considering becoming a foster family, we're going to talk to the family at the house, make sure everybody's on the same page that we're all in agreement to take on a, a new foster animal. We want to look at our, our current pets to make sure that they're going to be accepting of new additions to the family. And then I hear you say we need to make sure that our schedule will allow for this. Sometimes it could be short-term or it could be long-term, but you just need to be clear with the rescue group that you're working with. Absolutely. Communication's the key. Um, and as far as you know, time commitment during the time you have the puppies, it's just like having a puppy at home. You know, I'm fortunate that I'm right down the road from family pet right. health. So I run home on my lunch breaks and I'm able to let all of my animals out. Um, so you would just want to make sure that when you are deciding if you want to do this, that you have the schedule flexibility day to day to be there because they're puppies. They need to go out. They need to eat a couple times a day when they're really young, things like that. What about financial commitment of being a foster home? How does that work? Well, the great thing is, is that the rescue provides pretty much everything. They give me dog food. So whenever I pick the puppies up, they come with dog food. They give me pee pads, um, crates. I've got two crates that the foster or the rescue has... Uh, let me borrow. They come by and they actually, they pick them up and do all of their shots and vaccinations. So I don't actually have to do anything as far as financially. Is that the same for all rescue groups or does it vary by different rescue groups? Well, it's always going to vary by the different groups, but I do, a lot of the ones that I have heard of and been involved with have had this kind of situation. So that would definitely be another consideration Mm -hmm. people would need to work with. um, If they're working with a, or partnering with a rescue, they need to make sure that those things are all covered ahead mm-hmm. of time. Stephen, I'm going to use air quotes here when I say you're fostering Winston, but your situation sounds a little different than what Zoe's been explaining. So what are what's going on with Winston and your family? Yeah, absolutely. We got Winston through Music City Animal Rescue. My wife went to an event they were hosting to meet some dogs, and they, uh, my wife and daughter found Winston, who was a who is a young puppy. He was about five weeks old at that point, super young, had just come in. They don't normally uh, foster out those puppies, uh, or they don't send those to people outside of their specific groups because generally they foster, handle all the veterinary care, and then adopt them out when they're 10, 12, 14 weeks old. Because I worked at a vet clinic, because I had direct connection, they vetted us and said, okay, you can foster in order to adopt, but you are going to pay for all the vet bills. <laughs> right. We won't pay for them. You will pay they for knew them. Where, they knew what they were doing. They yeah, knew they, where that see was a going. sucker when they knew. Yeah, we, <laughs> so we bought all his food. We bought all of his equipment. Um, and the, the understanding is in about four weeks when we're set to schedule the neuter, it is our option to adopt him at mm-hmm. that time. And we are absolutely going to adopt okay. him. There's no way my family will give this dog back because they 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 have come to love him in the six weeks we've had him. But in your in your situation, you you would have you could have gone through the uh, fostering application to help fill the hole maybe that you were experiencing with Gracie. It, this would have been a way to like okay, 
this was nice to help us. Yeah, we were actually looking to adopt, okay. and we were looking at a one-year-old to adopt. Okay. That dog was adopted by someone else, and they were like, but we have this puppy, and we're like, we weren't looking yeah, for no a puppy. Puppies, we no. did, We like uh, getting the dogs when they're a year old, but they they connected with him instantly, and Music City Animal Rescue um, coordinated. And again, we have the written agreement, the understanding. This is These are our responsibilities. If we don't fulfill them, they take Winston right. back. They, Winston mm-hmm. still belongs to yes. them. Yep. Zoe, when if people are considering becoming a foster family for pets, we, we've been talking mostly about dogs, but this could go for cats mm-hmm. as well. Absolutely. Um, and maybe we'll have uh, Stephanie come in and talk about fostering cats and things. But how would someone find a rescue group in which to volunteer with? Well, there are a lot, especially in the areas like we're in that have so many, uh, such a high stray population. Like I said earlier, um, social media, Facebook, Instagram are probably going to be the best places to look for that. Um, I don't know that a lot of them have like real legit websites just because they're run by volunteers. But um, I would say go onto your local, you know, your Facebook and just kind of search within your own area. Just search rescues or, um, you know, animal fostering and see if anything pops up that... And then you know, the process is I had to fill out an application just as if I was going to adopt the puppy because that's how they vetted me. And then once that application was approved and processed, then they were able to give me the puppies. And Michael, you know, we've, Zoe and I have each talked about our experience fostering. You yourself have been involved in a, a short-term foster process with uh, your organization. Well, when I was working for Animal Control, one of the very last cases that I worked was an animal neglect case where a backyard breeder had a two pins of German shorthair pointers. And if anyone knows me, you know that I love German shorthair pointers. And when I, it was awful. I mean, it was, it was deplorable and uh, not all of those dogs survived, but what was in the backyard was a mother and some puppies and res- the, the German shorthair pointer rescue group couldn't take them because they came from a known parvo um, environment. At that time, we just had one dog at our house and I talked with Dr. Shirley and she said, look, Tadpole's 12 years old. She's going to be fine to be around. She's fully vaccinated. Everything's probably, we kept them separated, but that led us to, uh, let's see, at 18 <laughs> years of working with German Shorthair Pointer Rescue. It's a breed specific rescue. So we don't take just any, like uh, when I say we, meaning the organization doesn't just take any stray animal or any animal in need. It's specific to German Shorthair Pointer Rescue. It is the affiliate rescue with the American Kennel Club. So it's the AKC sponsored or endorsed rescue group. And every breed has a, an official rescue group that works with them. That's where part of the registration numbers or fees and things that people pay a reputable breeder will take back puppies or dogs for their entire life. So if you buy a registered dog from a reputable breeder, it comes with the understanding that if you ever don't want this dog, you need to call me first. That doesn't always happen, and nor are all breeders reputable. And so this organization is set up to provide homes specifically for German Shorthair Pointers because they are very um, intense They're a Maverick-esque yes. type animal. And so people that have an understanding of the breed know what they're getting into. So that's just something else to, if you're looking for, well, let, let's, that, that's a good segue into looking towards rescue when you're looking for a new animal for your home. Now with German shorthair pointer, if you are looking for a German shorthair pointer, 
A great place to start is with the official breed rescue. Or you can call somebody like Music City. What was it? Music City? Music City Animal Rescue. Animal Rescue or... or Lifehouse. Lifehouse. So you, there's all the, you can just go and see what they have. So what are some of the benefits, Zoe, of going through a rescue to add a new dog to the family? Well, I think the biggest one, of course, is that, you know, there's so many dogs out there that need homes that are in these rescues um, that it's really great just to get some of those, you know, into, into families. Um, another great thing is, for instance, um, the two puppies that I most recently have uh, were abandoned and left underneath a trailer when somebody moved out and they were very unsocialized. Um, the first one that went came around quickly. The second one we've had for a couple of weeks and it's been a lot with my family just being really quiet and really slow. So the nice thing is, is that I've been relaying that back to the rescue. And hopefully um, when people are applying to adopt the dogs, you know, we can kind of screen them out. And then you kind of know too, you have a little bit of an idea of what the personality is and what the pet might need before you even take them home. Absolutely. When we were looking to find uh, a, a new dog for our family, we were looking for certain personality traits that were referenced by the by the refu- rescue group. And they, they shared, this dog does well with, with little children. This dog does not do well with exercise or, you know, they... They the but the foster families are the ones who kind of track that, monitor it, and document it so that they they can be adopted to the correct home. I mentioned that German Shorthair Pointers are very intense, a very intense breed. Um, another great thing about going through a rescue is that oftentimes your deal, especially breed specific rescue, is that the volunteers that you when you adopt from them you get a support group. And so when it comes to specific training issues, you you have access to people that are very familiar with that breed. So that's another advantage to going through a breed-specific rescue. If, if you're looking for a very, like a purebred dog, like I want a dog that does this or looks like this, you can go to the breed-specific ones. Like it's amazing to me that people spend the amount of money that they do and then surrender those dogs to rescue. You're like, wow. And even the designer dogs like Doodles are beginning to... Ca- uh, are starting to have a really big influx into the rescues. Last week was Paws came on and all the animals that they've picked up in the community and also people surrendering. Um, they The history that they know on those animals is based on, A, what people tell them when they drop them off. And a lot of times they're not going to tell the, the, I will say, bad things, but the, the you know personality challenges that those pets might have. But also when they pick up stray animals, they don't know anything about them. And so the I think the real big thing about... Um, rescues that they are in foster homes so they they can tell you a lot more about the personality the the similarities of both whether you're going through animal control the animal shelter or rescue is that the animals have been vetted meaning that they are current on their shots and they've been spayed and neutered and often have a microchip Yes, the foster that I work with, uh, if you take the puppy before six months to neuter or spay, they give you a certificate mm-hmm. um, or they will you know, offer you to go to Beasley's or wherever the low-cost place that they get it done is and then they'll pay for it. Or you can come to Family Pet Health or your regular vet and then you submit um, mm-hmm. paperwork that shows that you've fulfilled your requirements to having them Correct. altered. Yep, mm-hmm. good. Well, anybody, anybody have anything to share before we... 
go to our fun fact? I would just like to say I'm very proud. I've only failed one dog. So I have foster, oh. I have one foster fail. Oh, only oh, yeah, one of my four dogs that. is a foster fail. So I'm pretty proud of that. Yeah. When you say foster <laughs> fail, you're going to have to explain to our listeners what you mean. That means that she came and she has never left. That's right. And she never will leave. So if you are thinking of adding a, a we do this with German Shore Point and Rescue, we'll have people that sign up to be a foster home with the intent of, this is a way that I can find the right dog and they'll foster through three or four. And, and everybody knows, hey, they're, they're a short-term foster until they decide that they have found the only one for them. Mm-hmm. And then they don't foster anymore after that. Like Dr. Shirley and I are always, what we are short-term fostering. Like we know that we're not adding another one to our family. So we move, move more dogs through and are able to help more dogs. So Fun fact time. It is now time for the part of our show where we turn to our guest, who we have not prepared, because <laughs> neither of us told you that it's. But what is your fun fact for our listeners today? This is the fact that will help them win trivia night at the local pub, or at least impress their friends and family with some knowledge that no one else knows. Well, I don't know if it's uh, how fun it is, but it's definitely a fact that you should know anytime you're adopting or bringing a pet into your house, and that is that it can take animals, especially dogs, four to eight weeks to fully settle into a home. So if you have taken in a foster or you've adopted a dog from a foster and they're giving you trouble that first week, just hang in there, give it a few more weeks, and they'll settle and come around. Four to eight weeks. That is a good number to keep in mind. Just put it on your refrigerator. Remember, no <laughs> drastic decision. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Before you make any life-changing decision for you or the pet, give it four to... About four to eight. Four to two, eight weeks. Two one months. to two months. Yeah, one to two months. That makes sense. It would take me one to two months to move into a new home. Mm-hmm. I wonder how long it will take us to settle into our new, brand new, fear-free design veterinary hospital. I'm already ready to settle in. I know, right? <laughs> I'd take four days. Yeah, four days. Well, we hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Family Pet Podcast. We hope that some of the information that we've provided today will help you provide a home for a pet in need. Until next time, stay curious. The Family Pet Podcast is a podcast for curious pet parents where we believe the more you know about pet health care, the better pet parent you can be. The Family Pet Podcast is a production of Family Pet Health PLLC and is recorded in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. The statements made as a part of this show should not be taken as an establishment of any form of a veterinary client-patient relationship. All comments are for entertainment and educational purposes only, and you should reach out to your local veterinary partner before taking any action on anything that you've heard here today. We hope that you will share this podcast with a friend, and it would mean so much to us if you would take a moment to leave a review and follow wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Show notes, links, and videos to accompany today's show can be found at thefamilypetpodcast.com. I don't know. All right. Whatever. <laughs>